show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And today we're talking about Forerunner Ministries International. And when they told me the name, I thought they were saying Foreigner Ministries. Oh, okay. I was like, that's cool. It's an import. <laughs> There's a good play called The Foreigner. Right. Yeah. But no, this is Forerunner Ministry. Forerunner. Yes. F-O-R-E-R. Like one who runs before. Don't get it mixed up with Forerunner School of Ministry. No, 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 is no. That, that's something different. That's part of IHOP, which we investigated <gasps> a while ago. Ah, the International House of Prayer. Yes. And but this is also international. Yes. And don't get it mixed up with Forerunner Ministries, period. Because it's not that. Oh, really? It's Forerunner Ministries International. Oh, this is, Yeah, okay. I had a tough time Googling this. Wow. But you can find them at forerunner-ministries.org. Okay. No, wait, don't find them there. That's the other group. Find them at forerunnertv.com. I have done that now. Okay, revealing the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Well, how did we get into this, Carrie? Oh, boy. This is a good story. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, so y'all probably heard about how the world ended last month. Yeah, a lot of people sent us links to let us know about September 23rd being perhaps the end of the world or at least a date of spiritual import. Maybe Judgment Day, maybe just the beginning of the end so to speak. I had heard about this first from an old friend of the family who I hadn't talked to for years, kind of one of the few people in the world who hadn't yet learned that I had left the faith. And so Ah. when she connected with me on Facebook, she was saying a lot of things about, you know, please pray for this. And so I was saying, oh, well, actually, you know, this is kind of what I've gone through. And she said, oh, yeah, well, I can't really blame you. I've drifted away and come back, but you should really watch this. And she sent me this YouTube video that was this long sermon with a whiteboard where this guy was explaining. Oh, Gene Scott style. Yeah, right. It's September 23rd and how this would be a cosmic event that was foretold in Revelation 12 mm-hmm. and that the virgin would have Jupiter come into her and she would give birth. Right. And by the Virgin, you mean the constellation Virgo. Correct. And I'm sure that's what the authors in the Bible meant as well. <laughs> So you may have heard about a guy named David Mead who's been spreading this on the internet. He kind of got all the attention around the end of September because everyone was kind of giddily looking forward to his predictions not coming true. Mm-hmm. So David Mead said the world would end on September 23rd. He said it on Did his- Did it? No, it actually didn't. What's Isn't that today? interesting? Oh, yeah. It's in October now. Yeah. Huh, weird. So he announced on his site, which is called writers-web-services.com, which mm. is real snappy title. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he's been writing a bunch of books about the end of the world and specifically how the end of the world will be tied to planet X, Nibiru. Nibiru, that's right. That came up in a lot of these articles. And I've read quite a few of these articles now about the significance of September 23rd. Yeah. So Nibiru was either going to cross paths with Earth or maybe collide with Earth and this would hasten Judgment Day. This is a long-standing belief. This additional rogue planet that just happens to be wandering at some weird orbit in the solar system affecting everything but somehow unknown to astronomers and will eventually collide with us and that's what they were thinking is that Nibiru would hit planet Earth right and NASA had a very good response for that saying oh if that was going to happen anytime soon we would have seen it a long time ago Mm -hmm. and we would know everything about it (laughs) 
Yeah, so this guy, David Mead, has been claiming for a while that he's a statistician and science guy. And Time Magazine actually went to him and were like, where did you get your science training you keep talking about? And he <laughs> sidestepped the question and wouldn't tell them. He said, oh, if I tell you what university I went to, like I threatened my own privacy. <laughs> whatever. Uh huh. So when it didn't happen, when September 23rd was not Judgment Day, David Mead changed his mind. Now he says oh. it's all going to happen on October 21st. Shift and pivot. Yeah, but boy, man, like that's not a very good pivot. On Get Halloween? It further away. Seriously. No, the 21st. 21st. Okay. Well, good luck with that, David Mead. <laughs> man. So anyway, we didn't get to hang out with David Mead. He's kind of a lone wolf on the internet. But there are other churches that also believed that something great was going to happen on September 23rd. Yes. Including this one. Yeah. And I got super excited when you told me about this. So you had a personal connection to someone who attends a church who believes that September 23rd is a pivotal moment. Yeah. So it's a friend of mine. Let's call him Mm -hmm. Carl. Hey, Carl. Yeah. So Carl told me me that he was spending more and more time with this church and asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to go. Yeah. He didn't express it as we think September 23rd is the end of the world. But he did send me a bunch of videos and say September 23rd is very important. But when I watched the videos, it felt like They're building in some plausible deniability so that if the world Mm -hmm. doesn't end, then all they've really said is a great cataclysmic event will happen on the 23rd, but maybe it's just a mental shift. Uh We've seen that before. Mm -hmm. Remember 2012? Oh boy, so many, uh, Harold Camping. Well, Harold Camping at least fell on his sword a little bit and was like, oh, I guess I had it wrong. Yeah, well, he had the initial postponement of, okay, well, this was a spiritual moment and then also postponed it to October from May, I think it was to uh-huh. October. That's right. And then October rolled around and then he did he fall on the like, sword. I think I've been doing this wrong. Yeah, he's like, well, the Lord was humbling me. He's just one of many though. And of course, oh. we talked with yeah. the Seventh-day Adventists and the Mormons are also a failed end time prophecy. There's just mm-hmm. so many over and over. Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, so many. And I mean, there's good scriptural support for it. If you look at Jesus hanging out with his followers mm-hmm. and just interpret it as written, he was like, I'm coming right back. Yeah. I'll oh. be here in a sec. Some of you standing here, here will not pass away until you see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with the angels and all his glory. It's right. yeah, very clear. This is all happening soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revelation, he says multiple times, behold, I am coming soon. This generation will not pass away. Yeah, yeah. Jesus soon is a different version of soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the prophecy here. So this is from the beginning of Revelation 12, the woman and the dragon. It says, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, So that was supposed to be significant as well. There was going to be a moon that night and it was going to be positioned somewhere near her feet, I guess. And a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. So I guess that's the importance of Jupiter being inside of, I don't know, that's a stretch for sure. My goodness. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Now, if that had happened on September 23rd, I would have been impressed. (laughs) True. But also, if we're talking about stars, why does he suddenly say the dragon will push some stars out of heaven? Like the dragon Mm. is stars. That's confusing. Yeah. So the dragon then stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was 
was born. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. So uh, just keep that in mind. <laughs> As you listen to the rest of this episode. I love how there's just like clearly someone's drug-induced fantasy in the Bible. Yeah. She flees into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, and she's going to be taken care of for 1,260 days. All right. So I'm guessing Forerunner Ministries will have something to say about what happens in 1,200 days and change. Oh, yeah. There's so much fun math. It's a lot like Amazing Facts that way. I appreciate math and uh, keen appreciation of math. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's being used in a healthy way mm-hmm. in this particular accounting. Yeah, not all math is equal. So just to give you some background on Forerunner Ministries, mm-hmm. I did watch the documentary that they have on their website that's supposed to be sort of the landing place when you come to the website. Mm. And it's about, I believe it was about an hour and 40 minutes, a lot of information. And right off the top, you're introduced to Michael Petro. My- Mike Petro. Yeah, or actually, maybe he pronounces it Petro. Everyone around me was saying Petro Petro? because I remember thinking, oh, like rock. Okay. Like Peter, the rock, uh, the firm foundation. I think of Petrol. Yeah, that too. So he's introduced as a prophet, an author, the founder of Forerunner Ministries, and also a doctor. Ooh. I don't know what he's a doctor of. Um, So the documentary is called The End is Here. It heads straight in. It tells you right away a bunch of biblical prophecies have already been fulfilled. We're in the messianic end time. And a bunch of Michael Petro's predictions have come true. Ooh. They don't soft pedal this. They're like, this guy's a prophet. Yes. Take it or leave it. An apostle they referred to him as. Yeah, I think they call him both. Yeah, that's true. They did also refer to, I think, multiple people that we met as prophets. And apostles, yeah. Yeah. This story kind of begins in 2015 when there was an Israeli boy named Natan in the video, he looks to be maybe 13. And I guess he clinically died. He had a near-death experience. He lived in Israel, where obviously the prevailing religion is Judaism. Mm -hmm. And when he came back, so to speak, he had all of these stories about going to heaven and seeing God and how God told him to follow the Torah. Too much of the world has forgotten the Jewish laws and so on. We've covered NDAs before, near-death experiences. We talked about them when we did a Sawbones episode. And one thing they're very famous for is that when Whatever culture you grew up in, you're likely to have visions pertaining to that culture's spiritual beliefs. Right. So not a huge surprise. That Much like sleep paralysis, your experience is going to be largely dictated by what you expect to mm-hmm. see, what your culture has given you. Right. Anyway, Michael Petro wisely made hay out of this and Mm -hmm. was like, oh, see, he is confirming everything that I've always said, that the Christians need to restore the old Judaic law. We've gotten too far from the original church. And if we all start following the mitzvahs again, that's when finally we'll herald the end times. So not just the Ten Commandments, but the 613 commandments. Right. Which made me wonder, like, are they all observing the Sabbath on Saturday? What are they? (laughs) I'm pretty sure he was wearing blended fabrics. Oh, that's true. And he had clearly cut the hair at the sides of his head. Oh, that's true too. We should ask. So he claims that that's what he's been saying for a long, long time. And this confirmed it. It's just like one Jewish boy saying everyone should be more Jewish. Like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay. Not that unexpected. But anyway, I think Michael Petro is really good at sort of capitalizing on things other people say, as we'll see throughout this video. Oh, okay. In the documentary, they show Natan explaining all the things he saw 
And it takes up like a lot of this video. This is like central theology for them is this boy from 2015. Wow. Yeah. That just feels heretical to me as well. Not focusing on the scriptures, but focusing on this one person's personal revelation. Right. From a near-death experience. Right. Hmm. Okay, continue. (laughs) Okay, so, oh, we're told that God actually downloaded information to Moses and that's how we got the commandments in the mitzvahs. Like the aliens. Like the aliens. Download. Okay. Loved it. They cool. Let's that bring twice. that back. Yeah. They said, you know, a lot of churches have thrown out the mitzvahs and Forerunner Ministries is about restoring them. And I've heard this from a couple small churches where they seem to think they're the only ones who are like, I just noticed that Christianity came out of Judaism <laughs> and we should care about the Jewish laws. And I'm like, you're not the only ones to say this, but they always seem to think they are. Yeah. There's this very superficial love for Judaism and embrace of little pieces of its culture. I was raised with this. I remember having Jews for Jesus cassette tapes that we would listen to. Uh, Yeah, there was just this fascination with Jewish culture, but really on a surface level. Uh Uh-huh. You're the perfect audience for it because you're Jewish by descent or brought up Christian. Yeah, Those were for you. You're the Jew for Jesus. My mom was really into that because her mother was Jewish, and so she's half Jewish, and that makes me a quarter. Not too shabby. Yeah, (laughs) congrats. Thanks. Okay, so now that there's this resurgence of churches and believers that will restore the scriptural law, that tells us that Jesus is finally coming back. Oh, it's about time. So there are still prophets today. Michael is one, obviously. Now, they kept mentioning the seventh angel of Revelation, Mm -hmm. who's supposed to warn the people of God about Jesus's return, and they would dance around it. They'd be like, oh, the seventh angel. And I was like, are you saying Michael's the seventh angel or, or what? But they just kept being like... Like, who knows what that seventh angel's going to be like? And I don't know. Weird. You thought maybe they were thinking it was him? Maybe. I wouldn't imagine so. Okay. They didn't outright say it. Okay. Hmm. But Ross. Ross, is it? Me? Yes. In the modern age, guess when and where God began to speak to people through his prophetic word. Okay. So somewhere in the age of the modern church, God starts to speak to people. I'm going to guess it's stupidly recent in history. 1977, the year Star Wars came out. Okay. Nope. It was September 23rd, 2015. Okay. That is stupidly recent. In Phoenix, Arizona. Random. Obviously. Okay. And the Garden of Eden is in Jackson County, Missouri. <laughs> right. When God told Michael Petro to tell the assembled church that judgment had started, it was Yom Kippur that year. <laughs> And soon after, Natan, the little boy, said he died and learned about the judgment and that it had started. Soon thereafter? Soon thereafter. Oh my goodness, the synchronicity. That's amazing. All right. Okay, so there's there's actually a video of this happening, and apparently there was a thunderstorm going on during it. So Michael Petro- I'm is, convinced. He's standing up at the front, and he's like, you know, judgment day is coming. And he says it in the sort of not that excited way, and then there is a thunderclap. Usually he says everything in a very excited tone, oh, as yeah. we will learn. It's not his most okay. exciting moment. So he says it, and then there's this thunderclap. And then on the screen, it says, we did not add the thunderclap. It is God's commentary on what he said. But in the video, he doesn't even seem impressed no by the thunderclap. No one reacts because there's a fucking thunderstorm clearly already happening. <laughs> uh, okay. 
<laughs> Still, I would expect the crescendo of applause yep, based on no. our experience, which we will talk about shortly. Yeah, true. So then they tell us that a bunch of rabbis currently working in Israel have sort of supported Michael's teachings. A rabbi recently said the war between Gog and Magog has already begun in Syria. Like one rabbi, okay. Right. Another teacher did a YouTube video where he said a similar thing. Then we watched like all five minutes of that YouTube video. World War Three is coming, obviously. Obviously. And if you want to be redeemed, you got to learn the Torah, Ross. I'm going to put that on my to-do list. Okay. <laughs> so then Petra tells us, other prophets alive today say that it has to happen. Judgment Day has to come before 2018. He says that outright on camera. It has to come before 2018. Interesting, meaning something we'll actually notice and see. That's certainly how I'd interpret that sentence. Okay. Well, hey, that's coming soon. All right, good. But, you know, when the new year comes, if it hasn't happened, I won't be too surprised if he says it sort of happened, but we didn't see it. Mm -hmm. He also says in the video, the messianic era will be begin before Rosh Hashanah 2017. Ah, yes, which is right around September 22nd. Right. But then there's also a video from 2015 where he says, the rabbis are saying that the world can't even go on another year. Why did you leave this in the video, you guys? Yeah, oops. Edit that out. Yeah, right. That invalidates what you're saying. And then there's another later video where he says, we're going to see the glory of God in 2017. It's just all over the place. But okay, guess where and when God finally released his baptism of fire. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, it was probably after 2015. Yes. Because that's when God started speaking to humans again. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say sometime running out of time there. So I'll say early 2016 and in... Trenton, New Jersey. Okay, well, God finally released his baptism of fire, which is like an important part of theology as far as like energizing the remaining believers, right? Okay, yeah. Um, Like a whole new Pentecost. Right. He finally did it. Rosh Hashanah 2016 in Victorville, California. Victorville! That's where it's all beginning. Wow. Oh, perfect. Okay. And Victorville's so close to us. It's so lucky. Amazing. God is really working today yeah so anyway the the thrust of this video is basically like the end is here we can't tell you exactly when but we can kind of tell you when maybe it's september of this year but uh, we'll see okay wow that was very non-specific so <laughs> how can people find this video again forerunnertv.com yes it's the only documentary that pops up in the top screen so Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for watching that. You're welcome. I hope y'all enjoy it. So you have this friend, Carl. Mm -hmm. Carl. Who then invited you to come out. And we were super excited about this because I was bummed we were going to have the end of the world just slip by us without interacting with any believers. Totally. And we were on our way to another investigation, which we are very excited to tell you about. It was so good. And his church was meeting in Victorville. Which was kind of on the way. On the way-ish. So it was like a two-hour drive Two and a half hours, really, because it mm-hmm. was on a Friday night and at 9 p.m. Who starts a church service on Friday night at 9 p.m. in Victorville? Good golly, I don't know. But we drove out there, so picked you up and we just drove, drove, drove we out. sure did. Out to Victorville. That's It's a ways from Los Angeles. And we're thinking, okay, we got to get to this other place, this other investigation tonight. So, you know, we'll go to the nine o'clock service. We'll get out at 10. Yep. We'll get in a bit late to yeah. the other place, but it should it's be manageable. okay. manageable. 
Oh, boy. What fools. What fools, indeed. <laughs> Little did we know. And he had sent us this email in advance, your friend, and you'd forwarded it to me. It gave us kind of the lowdown on their theology and what to expect. And really, I'll just say at this point, we could have gotten away with just reading, reading that email. Emails. Yeah, he was very thorough. I got to say. Very generous with his time and interpretations. It was a long email, but more information dense mm-hmm. than Yeah, definitely. And I would ask him a clarifying question and then get several paragraphs back. Yeah. I think he's probably pretty eager to share all the stuff that he's been learning because he's been going to church a couple times a week for months. Not even a couple times a week, several times a week for months. And he was happy that you'd invited a friend. The more the merrier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The church was called the Turning Point Church. Yeah, so this was an interesting thing. That's not necessarily their church, but it's sort of a brother church. This was a special night, I think, because of the special events happening the next day. This was September 22nd. They had invited two other congregations to join them in worship at this Turning Point Church. And when we finally got there, maybe 15 minutes early, he was already saving seats for us. Yeah. It was like in a theater complex. And I was expecting it because I've seen many theater churches. There's Mm -hmm. various churches that do that where it's actually like a theater. But this was its own kind of separate room. It didn't feel like a modified theater. Mm -hmm. It was a large room, tall ceiling. Um, Felt like it might have been built for something else. hmm. It had kind of a stage area. I feel like it was kind of like a conference space or church. Yeah, large white walls, you know, tall ceiling, fans. But it had like a raised... Dais. Yeah. So it had been made for some sort of performance, or at least the dais had been added there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not sure exactly what the original intent of this building was. But as we approached it, there was a, a big sign and there were people out front to greet us and usher us in. Yeah. Lots of Bible verses and frames, uh, mirrors as we came in. But very quickly, we were in that big main room. Right. And, and Carl spotted us like immediately. Yeah, he was waiting. Before I could even scan he was the crowd. Watching. Was he texting you along the way? Yeah, he texted me once or twice on our way. He wanted to make sure we were going to be there. We were yeah. there on Save time. seats for us. Save. I hadn't had dinner at all that day. Oh, that's right. And I was thinking, I think I'll be okay. Well, we'll just be here for like an, an hour. hour. Yeah, we'll be food. okay. Yeah. So we went and sat down next to him. There was also an incident where you tried to go to Del Taco. Oh, yeah, that wasn't happening. Oh. It was like a Del Taco inside of a gas station. Yeah. Very important is- we get this right. <laughs> The point is, you had wanted food and could not get it. Yeah, it was okay. So we went and sat next to him, and you were next to Carl. I was on the other side of you, and we were over on the left-hand side of right, this house left. bank of seats. Yeah, there was like a central section of chairs, and the right side and the left side. So we were on the left side, close to the entrance. And on the other side of me, there were these two young fellers, and found they were from Australia. So they had pretty strong accents. We thought they were really young, like mid-20s, mm-hmm. and then it turned out one was like in his 40s or something? No, one was 37. So he was older than me. And I'd been asking him because he was telling me about all these places around the globe he'd gone. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, you've done a lot of traveling. Is this for school? Mm -hmm. He said, oh, I'm 37. Oh, okay. (laughs) Wouldn't have thought it because he looked really young. And then the other guy next to me looked super young. I was like, don't tell me you're 37. (laughs) He said, no, no, I'm 21. Okay. Much better. (laughs) Much better. Much better. A lady at Griffith Observatory the other day asked me if I was planning on studying astronomy in school. 
Ah, <laughs> you gave her a high five. <laughs> yeah, these guys were interesting. The older one, he engaged me in conversation. He was really into talking about what he believes. And both he and the other guy were saying that we're not expecting anything huge because we were trying to ascertain, oh, is something really big going to happen yeah. tomorrow that'll be noticeable? Or is it going to be more of a spiritual thing? They said, oh, probably more of a spiritual thing. So. Yeah, which is a little bit of a disappointment, but fine. Yeah. I asked Carl the same thing. And I said, do you think that it's going to be more of like a mental shift or something really obvious and he said oh it's so interesting that you use the word shift that's so astute mm. of you because I guess that's the same word Michael has used they were working on a laptop that was sitting on the lap of the younger fellow who was next to me and it was hard to get a read on him because he would spend long periods of time just being very quiet and almost sullen mm. and you'd wonder like oh is he not into this you're not having a good time but then there'd be a certain moment of a song or there'd be a certain speaker and all of a sudden he would just light up and be all excited and they had up one of these bible programs on the laptop so they mm -hmm. were telling us about esword that was the name of the program yeah. trying to sell us on this and say oh this is a great reference what really opened their eyes and made them passionate about this ministry and petro in particular was that they learned that you need to read the bible at this deeper level mm. where you find these hidden messages and that is how you get the real spiritual significance from the bible why would god do that why would God do that? Yeah, and then they were telling me, this is just amazing. There's miracles happening here. And they told me in advance that there was this oh, woman right. who had her hearing completely restored. She was deaf, and now she can hear. And amazing. then they were trying to look around for her. No, she's probably here somewhere. Oh, and there was another gal who her knee was injured, and now it's all better after she was prayed for miraculously. How injured was it? Right, like, oh, wow, tell cool. Tell me more. Sure would have never gotten better on its own. And so they went and one of them found her and brought her back. And I hadn't heard any of this. So all I know is the next thing is these guys are like, Ross, here's this woman. You thought and they were I, trying I to hook her up with me. you up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, last ditch effort on the, at the end of the world here. Cool. Hi. How, how's your knee? How's your knee? <laughs> it feels really good right now, actually. And Much she, like, better. Shows us her knee, puts it in front of us. Yeah. Well, cool. looks looks normal. Yeah, that... <laughs> Don't know what it looked like before, but... <laughs> Yeah, that knee inside of some pants looks great. Happy for you. <laughs> that was an I awkward hope you conversation. Don't need any more healing? <laughs> right. I think I quickly steered the conversation somewhere else because there just wasn't much more to say about her healing. <laughs> yeah. Knee. So then Carl told me though that there have been a bunch of healings in this church. Yeah. People who have restored their vision, their hearing. Yeah. I mean, really extraordinary things. And I think it's on the website. It says that Michael Petro has healed people of HIV. I make, yeah, we're making faces at each other. Yikes. Yeah. I don't even know. When people say they're healed of HIV, I'm like, clearly they didn't get a blood test. So how do you even think? Why do you think this is verified? What do you even do with that? Yeah. Well... We only had maybe 20 minutes to chat and do all this before people started to settle down. We were going to go into actual service mode. There were a lot of people in there. I think the crowd grew to, I'd say, 400 people. Good. It was because I would have been like, 30? I don't know. It was a big room, and there were a lot of people in it, a lot of chairs. It felt kind of makeshift, I guess, because it was this one-time joining of the three different churches. It was pretty diverse in its makeup. You mm -hmm. had younger people, older people. You had people of different races. Mm -hmm. Pretty good representation. A lot of Spanish speakers. A lot of Spanish speakers, absolutely. What was kind of cool in this experience is that most of the teaching was first spoken in Spanish and then translated to English, which was kind of a nice 
flipped script for me. I'm so used to getting to hear my language first and then wait for the translation. Right. And it would go back and forth based on who the speaker was. But everything was, yeah, in both languages all throughout the night, which is a good way to buy time as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's true. A lot of time was bought this night. Boy, so soon after this, they started their worship, and as many of you churchgoers or former churchgoers know, often this starts out with a little bit of music. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just hear a little bit of music and then go right into the teaching. Why don't we do that, Ross? Right, right, yeah, a little bit of music would be good. Yeah, they did start with they'll they'll say all these general church things like who wants to feel God's power tonight, and mm-hmm. who believes that God can work a miracle. Yeah, oh, we do. Yeah, great. Something powerful is gonna happen here oh great okay cool mm-hmm. and here's yeah. a hot tip though if someone's doing that sort of thing always start out light with the woohoos because you know they're gonna pull that oh that's not good enough shit did always they do that? start low oh i don't even they remember. did yeah i don't think they did that here <laughs> but yeah and then everything was being uh, either said in spanish and then interpreted in english or vice versa and it was simple enough spanish and also it's all these christian sentiments that i was kind of raised with so i felt like my two years of high school spanish were coming in hand like, oh, I, I know what you just said. Mm, yeah. Then it gets translated. You know, simple stuff like, en el nombre de Jesús. In the name in of the, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. En el nombre de Jesús. Okay. In the name of Jesus. Like, okay, we yeah, get yeah. it. We get it. A lot of repetition going on. Yeah, definitely. And there was someone doing ASL for a oh, deaf member of the audience. Yeah, yeah. One dedicated interpreter. And so how was the music, Carrie? Well, boy, those first couple minutes of music were delightful. And then <laughs> those two minutes became 10 minutes. And it felt like, boy, this is still the first song. This yeah, is a little much. I, I remember that first one was something like, Cristo vive, Cristo uh-huh. vive. You know, Christ lives, Christ uh-huh. lives. And kept repeating. And it was kind of big band sort of thing. So they had a lot of instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was very loud. And someone kind of hollering right into the microphone kind right. of thing. Christo vive, Christo vive. Right, kind and, of intentionally blowing out a sound. And yeah, almost like a, a Vegas kind of energy uh-huh. to, to the music. And then there would be like a little bit of a verse or something. And so I jokingly lean over to Carrie at one point like, oh, just three more verses because <laughs> felt like they're wrapping this up. Oh, I way underestimated. Oh, my God. That song went for at least... 15 minutes. Yeah, I think that's right. Because I looked at my Fitbit a couple times and was like, I can't believe this is still happening. And that wasn't just one song that went on forever. It was a dozen, I don't know, a lot of really long songs. Oh, yeah. So then everyone would start getting up and there's people dancing in the aisles. And And Carl pulled us to the front to dance with him. Yeah, he's like, oh, you want to come up? And I think you turned to me and kind of momentarily said like, do you want to go up? And I was like, yeah. And and I saw a look on your eyes like, you weren't supposed to say yeah. (laughs) 
we, we followed up the group and eventually the, the two Australian guys next to me, they joined us too. And so we're all up front and they'll play like the fast, energetic song. You're all dancing and jumping up. And sometimes the lyrics would say, you know, jump for joy. Uh-huh. And so, okay, so we're jumping. we're jumping. We're lifting our hands up. And I noticed you were doing some worshiping because they would go to the slower songs uh-huh. and everyone would be lifting up their hands like, Carrie's doing that. Yeah, I want the experience of lifting up my hands again. So I'd close my eyes and lift my hands. And uh-huh. It was fun to get back into that and sing along with the song. It was Gets a, you closer to God by a warm good feeling. eight inches. And it was all that jumping dancing where you don't have enough space for anyone to right. actually we're, appropriately We're pretty dance. tightly packed so in. So you're just like jumping up and down like a popcorn kernel. Yeah, a lot of that and just spinning around and the, the lyrics would help out with that. And I thought, oh yeah, this is a good way to get yourself in a frenzy. Like this is a good way to lead mm-hmm. to. It's exactly like if you go to see Ellen live, they make you really? dance like that for like an hour so that when she comes out, you feel like she's Jesus returning. <laughs> it's it's so intense. But Similar it works so well. Everyone's for. just like clapping and crying that she's here. I was waiting for the speaking in tongues to happen because this was a, yeah. a perfect prelude to speaking in tongues. It didn't happen. And one of the pastors even said something about how they're a charismatic church and some other churches right. don't do speaking in tongues and things, but we do. I was kind of waiting for that, but yeah, it didn't happen. There were a couple ladies who came up with flags. Yes! Like flag dancers. Right, yeah. One was blue, one was purple, and they were waving them around, and they had these intricate spinning designs. And Carl leaned over to me and said, that's our church. We do a lot of dance. (laughs) And then every now and then, certain things would spark this one guy who had a big horn. A big... Oh, was he the guy with the horn? Curly horn, and he would blow it. This is, again, this kind of mild-level Jewish fascination. And so at one point, I texted Carrie, pretty good shofar. Oh, right, right, right. And I was like, this is some sort of pun. I don't really understand. Yeah, it's a stupid (laughs) Jewish pun. So yeah, he was blowing the shofar horn. Every now and then he would just get so filled with excitement that he'd blow on that thing as hard as he could. So yeah, we were in this wild fever packed in the midst of a bunch of people. And oh, we were into it. We were jumping, we were dancing, got our hands in the air. It was great. I was loving it. Yeah, it was decent. It was a workout. So it was. So I used Fitbit. You get a lot of steps out of that? I had gotten all my steps and like I got half of them in that service. (laughs) Fantastic. So yeah, we would do that for a long time and then like the music would slow down. So it'd be like, are we all going to go sit down? No, we're just going to sway slowly here. So that, I'd say we were up there for a good half an hour. It seems like it. And also we're like crowding out the front row of parishioners. They can't see the musicians or anything anymore because there's this little mosh pit in front of them. Yeah, that's a good description about the size of it. Yeah, but they were into the dancing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And that front row was all young, very pretty women. It it felt like it was a planned thing to me that they picked out certain ladies and said, you are very young and eye-catching. We want you sitting in the front row. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just get the attention of younger men and keep their eyes forward. I don't know. Or if it's for Michael Petro himself. Maybe. But yeah, definitely that seemed like a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, maybe they were all friends. All eight of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we sat back down eventually and we thought, okay, good. They've got us all riled up. Here's going to come the message. Yep. Did it come? No. No, it did we not. We sang more. And I'm starting to think. What if Judgment Day does come tomorrow? Are you going to give us like a heads up for the newbies here? Because you haven't even mentioned it. Right. And I'm looking at my clock. I'm going, okay, it's been like an hour and a half and you're still just singing more like- We're still singing? Okay. You you had me at just the right level of excitement and exhaustion. 
And that would have been the perfect but time. I, I would have gone with you on a hill, Bob. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I would have drank whatever it is you're handing out. But no, the, it's just more singing. And then more people got back up and danced around again. Like, oh, no. Why, why are you doing this? Stop yep. it. And they would do a little bit more back and forth translation. Again, just the same little platitudes. Like, I'm feeling God's presence tonight. Are you feeling it? I remember at one point he asked us to turn to the person next to us and ask them, what is a miracle? Ask, oh, that's right. Ask your friend, what is a miracle? So I turn to Carl. He kind of like shrugs and he's like, I don't know, what's your definition of a miracle? And I'm like, uh, something that happens sort of outside of our scientific understanding. And he's like, yeah, I would say something supernatural. Okay. Like, okay. That's very sensible. Yeah. We're both like, all right, we know what a miracle is. I turned to the young guy next to me and said, what is a miracle? He almost deflated he just kind of like his head sunk down he looked down i didn't know like are you falling asleep or are you thinking about this <laughs> that would be great <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's <was> like <sighs> <laughs> you're so boring <laughs> <laughs> again i think of scott pilgrim reading the email it's it's so boring <laughs> so he sat there thinking about it for a few beats and then he looked up and he said i don't know i mean i guess i guess it's really understanding the bible at the at the hidden meaning level. This is just like, like their go-to answer. Lame. That's he didn't ask me my definition of a miracle, but it would have been like so, yours. So yeah, the- An abrogation of the laws of physics. Sure, there you go. So I love the thought though that the teacher's up there and is like, who wants a miracle tonight? And he really means, who wants to understand the Torah on a deep level? <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, but we did see some miracles, yes. some signs and wonders. Oh, yes, we did. Oh, my gosh. So after about two hours of worship, seriously. Yeah, like two more, hours, more than two guys. hours of worship. Yeah, it was insane. Like you had to pee during that. It was long enough for you to need to pee. Oh, yeah. I had to run off and pee. And the, this is after 11 o'clock. And finally, they say, okay, we're going to work some miracles. Who here has problems with their hearing? Okay. A very specific call. <sighs> Okay, let's think this out. There's a bunch of elderly people in the audience. There's a person with an ASL interpreter. Yeah. I'm not going to be impressed that you knew and there's, someone has hearing problems. And there's not an immediate response. It was long enough a silence after that request that they could have gone on and said, who can't walk or... Right. Who's got a knee problem. Right. But it, no, they just kept saying, oh, we need someone who maybe your hearing could be better or <laughs> you know, they kept like trying to open it up a little bit. And so finally, three people kind of wandered forward. Including one of the guys watching the ASL interpreter. Right. First, they came up to a young African-American boy or he was maybe a teenager. They said, tell us about your ears. And he said, I don't know. My hearing is like, it's not 100%. It's 70%. Because I I've listened to, you know, a lot of loud music. A common story among the youth. I have a lot of friends with this problem. And so they put their hands on him and they say a prayer in Spanish and it's interpreted into English. And then they ask him, how is your hearing now? He says, oh, I don't know, like, hmm, I don't know, like 70%. <laughs> He's like, it's, it's kind of the, the same. same. All right. And they pray over him again and they say, okay, we're going to have you go. Go stand over there. So over there is like, like 20 feet away. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little distance away. He has not gone over there before. This is not a solid A-B test here. Right. They have him stand and face the wall away from them. Said in sort of a low voice. So uh, I'm talking right now. Can you hear can me you talking? Hear me? And they're saying this into the microphone still. Right. And I can hear him. Mm -hmm. I'm just fine. And I'm sitting much farther than he is. Mm -hmm. and let's say I have 100% hearing. and He has 70%. If I can hear that, he can hear it. He would probably have heard it faintly outside the door. I mean, it's on a PA system. Right. And so he kind of nods and raises yeah. his hand. Like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. oh, wow. Wow. 
Now, I think he really thought that was even like the preliminary question. Like, well, do you hear us here? Okay, now we'll start the test. And then no, they, that was the test. And then they walk a little farther on the stage and say, well, how about now? Can you hear, Can us, you hear now? us now? And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He turns around and they're like, look how far away you are. Could you have heard us this far away before? <laughs> I loved like, his response. He goes, I don't know. I didn't stand over here before. <laughs> I wanted to hug this guy. I'm like, you're awesome. (laughs) Yeah, good point. He was not giving them what they wanted to hear. And so they kind of moved on to the next person. Yeah. And it was this young Asian, also maybe a teenager, who was the one who had been sitting in the ASL area. Mm -hmm. And he said that he had lost his ear. He had like 10% hearing. His interpreter communicated, yeah, he can't really hear. And then they start healing him. And then the young man clarified, well, wait, no, I have 10% hearing in one one ear. ear And like, yeah, Yeah. 50 or something in the other one. And then they acted like this was news. Now he has 10% in one ear and 50% in the other. Oh my God. And it's like, you don't just come up with those numbers all of a sudden. He clearly knew that when he walked up. It was just very clearly them trying to, to yeah. use this old information as their yeah, accomplishment. Yeah, to shoehorn it in, yeah. And so then what they would have him do is they'd have him turn away from them <laughs> toward the so audience. Pathetic. They would clap the main minister who was doing the main healing. speaking healings, mm-hmm. right? And so he would do a loud... He would clap his hands right next to the guy's ear. How many times did I clap? (laughs) And like, A, even if the guy had been completely deaf, you would feel the wind on your face. Yep. Yeah, it was sort of like angled towards his ear right next to it. So yeah, you'd feel something. And so yeah, they'd ask him to put up the number of fingers to say how many claps he had just heard. So it'd be like three, one, five. Right. And so the young man responding to all this, the guy with the hearing loss, he would hold up two fingers or whatever after two claps and have the most annoyed look. Look on his face. Yeah. Yeah, too. Oh, Come on, so this can't possibly be the test. Yeah, I know. And they totally wrapped it up like a victory. And the kid goes back and sits in his chair and looks so unimpressed. Oh, absolutely. And I was looking at his ASL interpreter and he looked, I felt, maybe I was reading into this, but it looked like he felt a little disappointed and perhaps abused by this, yeah. this moment. It was cheap. It was a cheap and tawdry oh, yeah. healing, quote unquote. Awful. I thought, oh, man. Man, this is embarrassing, guys. Yeah, they were really bad at faith healing, and faith healing isn't too tough. Right, I mean, yeah. let me clarify. Healing people with your mind, very tough. Convincing people you healed them with your mind, not that A lot easier. (laughs) Yeah. There was another older gentleman that they did very similar things to. I can't remember. They prayed over him a couple times. They did call out the other woman that they had healed the other day, and she raised her hand, the hearing loss woman. Oh, also, there was like a woman in a wheelchair who just got short shrift. A lot of people in wheelchairs, they got no recognition whatsoever. Yeah, God wasn't there to heal them that night. But we've heard of people like Peter Popoff, a famed televangelist televangelist and fraud uh, uh-huh. with healing, he would have people perfectly healthy, you know, seated in wheelchairs. Hey, would it be all right if we have you sit in this wheelchair? And then he'd go to them later and have them stand up and walk around and jump. And right. Have, yep. Yeah. And, you and- were never needing that wheelchair in the first place. Or like sometimes people will need a wheelchair to be comfortable at an event because their mobility is limited. Right. But so yeah, if you tell them they're healed, then for a few seconds, they have all this energy and they like, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll be able they to get stand up just fine for 15 minutes, yeah, right? Exactly. While the camera's on them. Exactly. But then the impression you get is that they were completely wheelchair bound. Right. 
Speaking of Popoff, though, everyone should go look up the article where a wonderful woman named Crystal Sanchez gave me an interview and she used to work for Peter Popoff and saw him pull all his shenanigans. Yeah, good reading. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that was frustrating, that whole interlude with the healings. Did not increase my faith. Gosh, me neither. It made me a little bit mad at him. Absolutely. Uh, But he was just one of many. So there were like multiple pastors and they were taking turns. Please, let's all pray over one another. Red Robin style. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they (gasps) were. So we'd all sit there and watch one pastor pray for the other pastor and Uh, say, I see great wealth coming for you. Yeah, they all kept mentioning how like each church was in financial trouble, but they're getting a blessing of great wealth. Yeah. Oh, people don't want you here in this town, but you are going to work the Lord's ministry in this town. And I see him smiling on you and just all these kind of almost like fortune reading sort Uh of things. And yeah, I kept wondering like, who's this for? Are the pastors enjoying it or is it just to get us to donate money because they're saying all this stuff about the church having money problems. What's this for? Yeah, it felt very incestuous. Just all these different pastors, some of them supposedly from around the world praising praying over each other. Yeah, praising each other, saying how great they are and how the Lord has called them and praying over each other. Okay, why do we need to see this? Couldn't you have done that beforehand? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Or couldn't you all get in a little daisy chain and put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you and be like, I pray for the person to my left. Get it out of the way. Do it all at once. Nope. We got to say it slowly for each person and translate it into the language it's not being spoken in. Boy, oh, uh, 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 boy. But Ross. Hey, Carrie. Ooh, something special is happening. It's time for a Jumbotron. That is special. Awesome. This Jumbotron is from Oliver to Liam. Yeah. So Oliver wanted to say happy birthday to my wonderful boyfriend. I'm so madly in love with you. You make me feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Here's to many more days of baking comic books and watching good doggo videos on the internet. And then there's uh, yeah, like it's, a sideways it's a, heart. Oh, I was just going to say it's less than three. Oh, I don't think. I don't think that was his intention. Mm. Or maybe they're big math guys. Yeah. uh, yeah. I'm reading that as less than three. Oh, no. (laughs) Happy birthday, Liam. Happy birthday. Woo. Woo. Anyway, we heard a couple of these guys speak, and then finally we got to the meat of our dinner. Yeah, about- The tofu of our dinner. Two and a half hours in, at least. Finally, we got to meet Mike Petro. Yes. He came up, and so we were excited. He bored a lot of this time. Yeah, I was watching him, because he's up on the stage the whole time, and I was trying to read his expression, because I was thinking at first, I was reading it as, oh, they invited me to this church, and they're all just like singing way too long. That's Yep, that's how I got it, When am I going to get- to talk and he's wearing a full suit so he's got to be pretty warm at this point all the pastors were you know what else is warm brooklyn and sheets (laughs) yes they are (laughs) that's such a great transition they're soft they're tender to the touch. So you've gotten to try the Brooklyn and Sheets. Yes, they're really nice. They're on my bed right now. Yeah, and which color did you get again? I got the slate, though I had a little bit of color remorse. I kind of wish I got in the navy, mm. but the slate's lovely. Okay. It's like a nice silver. Well, you know what slate is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's great. It's soft. I got the satin version. Oh, it's yeah. It's got a little shimmer on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Comfy, comfy, right? Yeah. Well, you know, Ross, this episode is actually sponsored in part by Brooklyn and Thank you, Brooklyn. 
Glennon. And they have an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you want to try these out as well, if you need some new sheets, this is a quick, convenient, and cheap way to find just the right high-quality sheets. You can get $20 off and free shipping if you use the promo code OHNO. O-H-N-O at brooklinen.com. And actually, Brooklinen is so confident that you will love your new sheets that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. Can you believe it? Yeah, there's really no reason not to give them a try. If you need sheets, now's the time to do it. Give you it a go. You can support us and get some great new sheets. Exactly. So the best way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use the promo code O-H-N-O, oh no, at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And the promo code is, oh no, what else were we saying was warm? Mike Petro's suit. After standing up on uh, that stage for a yes. long time. Yes. Probably not as comfortable as Brooklyn and Sheets. So <laughs> That's true. I bet he wished he were in his Brooklyn and Sheets at home. So yeah, I was definitely getting a read that he's kind of looking around, almost like that kind of police officer look, like I'm not really interested in any of you or what uh-huh. you're doing. That kind of sideways glance all the time. But who knows? Who knows? And he would be clapping along with the songs, but it would just be kind of just kind of yeah, like, clap. I guess this is what I'm doing right yep, now. Um, I can keep the beat. I'll sway a little bit side to side, but there was no joy in his eyes. Totally. I think that's part of what sent the signal to me that the singing would be brief. Mm-hmm. But then it was Yeah, not. it felt perfunctory. Like, oh, let's now get to the meat of this. And this right. is what I was waiting for. I want to hear the scriptural exegesis. Yeah. I want to hear the prophecy. I want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, tell us what the whole deal is. This is your whole deal. This is the big day. So he gets up there and he doesn't really tell us much about what's happening. No, no, he does not. <laughs> it was really general, vague stuff, but it was all yelled like this. Yeah. It was almost like a Alex Jones kind of, I'm using my voice yeah. and straighting it. There's signs to get us ready. See, you know, my son's saying, yes, I understand this, but the trumpets are blowing to wake us up. is that, yeah, as dramatic as his voice gets, his face always looks the same. Yeah. He always still just felt kind of like he was half into it. And the guys who were next to me, they had traveled so far to follow Apostle Mike and mm-hmm. hear what he had to say. And so I was thinking, okay, this is going to be rich with content. But no, it was just a lot of these platitudes like, you know, we're here to hear this preaching of the Lord. Yeah. And everyone's, yeah, yeah, we are. And then it gets translated into Spanish. And he's capable of doing powerful things. Woo! Woo! Yes, yeah! he is. Do you 
you believe that? Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just straining his voice, too. It hurt my throat just hearing it. Yeah. And you're Jimmy Church. Jimmy Church. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was really surprising how little was there. And we're creeping toward midnight. And I'm thinking, okay, we need to still drive another hour and a half to where we're going, go to sleep, and then wake up early in the morning to start uh-huh. this other investigation. Yeah. How long can we be here? Please talk about the end of the world. <laughs> Please. Yeah, or whatever you think is going to happen tomorrow. Because again, they're kind of like, you know, non-specific about it. Maybe it's the end of the world as we know it. Maybe it's not as we know it. Right. Just tell us. They did say a couple things about what was going on. Yeah. Though I wouldn't have been able to decipher them if it weren't for Carl and the website and so on. But they did mention the man-child who is the, moving into the The man-child will be born to the virgin. The Kept saying man-child. Woo. Every time I heard that, I <laughs> I just thought of every Seth Rogen movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> man child. Yeah, a lot of talk of the man child. Yeah. So that's who is going to be born. Yeah, and I guess this man child is going to be important in the end times. Right. But we're not going to see this happen. So this prophecy is describing this event that's happening out there somewhere. And I don't know if this is a literal man child. Is there actually like someone being born or is it just this metaphorical I, thing? I think it's just that where the man child represents the is- remnant of the the church, right? The true remnant, which is this particular forerunner ministries and group. our planet. Yeah, or is it the planet Jupiter? What is the man child? I don't know. But all of it is this description that he's making of things that are happening right now, today. You know. Yeah, and he says the remnant church are the ones who understand scripture on this deep level, and they're the ones who are going to be the forerunners. But like, he never specifically says it's only the people in this room or anything. And what really floors me is that there is no way to verify any of this. Yeah. Yeah, it's correct. Just, you know, he's talking about this big major thing that's happening now, but there's no way you could ever possibly know that it actually happened. Right. Except that I told you. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so flimsy. It's not at all falsifiable. Right, yeah. Although I think it's designed that way. And oh man, he said some wild things. I loved his story about- About Benny Hinn? Yes. So, you know when you're going to Best Buy and maybe you need a new record player and then you see someone and you're like, who's that? Oh, he reminds me of someone I saw on a Benny Hinn tape. <laughs> right, at first he was like, why does that guy look familiar? Oh, that's right. He's someone with Benny Hinn Ministries. And if you don't know who Benny Hinn is, he's a faith healer, very successful successful in Florida, own many mansions and cars, crazy rich fellow, and he'll knock people over. If you've ever seen that video of the preacher waving his coat at people and them all falling down. Kind of like dominoes, yeah. That's uh, Benny Hinn. There's this great video where they put that to the sound of, let the bodies hit the floor. It's (laughs) very entertaining. So he sees this follower of Benny Hinn at a Best Buy in Victorville. Oh my gosh, what are you doing here? Aren't you one of Benny Hinn's guys? And he's like, yeah, well, God. God called me to come here, to Victorville, to the high desert. Because that's where he's moving. And everyone, oh, they just cheered over that. Yeah, Victorville. Let me give you guys an idea of Victorville. It's not a bad town or anything, but it's just like the burbs in the desert with a bunch of chain restaurants. Yeah, it's just like there's, I don't know, strip mall kind of atmosphere, just a bunch of small shops aligned along this desert straight away. Yeah. Victorville. There is a bowling alley. That was certainly the most passionate story ever told about a Best Buy. 
<laughs> yeah, just, definitely. People loved it. Yeah, the force of his voice was just not at all matching the content of what he had to say. Yeah, I remember at some point, one of the other pastors was praying, and he shouted something about how the Lord is starting something great, and he's starting it in Victorville, <laughs> and yelled it out almost like, goal! In a football game, you and I were cracking up, just imagining that, Victorville, yeah. being this major avenue of God's power. Yeah, because it's... A lovely, lovely town, but it's a bit of a nothing town. Big fan of Victorville. Yeah. (laughs) Not saying anything against Victorville. But I think it made. Please don't send us a bunch of emails, (laughs) people in Victorville. Actually, did you know that Victorville has a great employment rate? (laughs) That's your corrective email voice. (laughs) Yeah, right. And uh, some very forward-thinking policies have been recently enacted in Victorville, and I would, I would appreciate it if you said a good word for Victorville and, and. I felt that it was kind of a negative tone that you use when you were yeah, talking about Victorville. Listen, guys, we love Victorville. We love Victorville. We love your emails. Most of them are really nice and we love them. There's a strong minority of people who send us corrective emails on very small matters. And it doesn't need to be kept up as a tradition. It could uh, stop. So, oh boy, what else did he say? He was using a lot of this coded language because the whole idea of, of this ministry is that you find these hidden symbolic meanings within the Bible, but particularly the Torah, mm-hmm. the first five books of the Bible. And so I think that email originally from Carl had really cleared up everything. It was uh-huh. a very, very long email. Yeah, sure. But I think he succinctly, <laughs> that's an appropriate word, summarized everything we actually learned that night and more i think a lot of the information we had we literally had because carl had emailed us right and it helped tie a lot of these things together and we had carl as well every time something would get uh, stated or even like something was stated during the service he would lean over and tell us that means this oh he said apocalypse apocalypse means removing the veil and removing the veil means understanding the torah thank you thank you and the torah means the mitzvahs and the mitzvahs (laughs) are the rules right we don't follow any specific and the virgin is the church. And, and yeah, but there's also some stars. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So he'd constantly be leaning over to explain this to us. And there's this connection between the symbolic hidden meanings within the Torah and the heavens that reflect the actual things happening on the earth or vice versa. We're the reflection of things happening in the heavens. As above, so below. That was another thing that he was telling us, that reading the Bible just on the surface level, like what it actually says. Mm -hmm. That's a sin. Right. That's a logos reading in quotes uh-huh. or a and carnal yeah yeah that was the other word for a carnal reading of the bible if you try to take it just at its word right yeah and that that is a sin god considers that a sin how can something be a sin unless you could intuit it if you can't get there on your own it doesn't seem fair to make it a sin ignorance of the law is not an excuse yeah 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 so yeah you're supposed to search out the scriptures and find the rima r-h-e-m-a or spiritual value of the word that's what he wrote to us in the email then goes off long about the parables and symbolisms and oh it's all very complicated it really is too bad only the small remnant church has figured it out yeah thank goodness for michael petro one of the things that they find important and that does seem a little different about their church is that they believe when the quote-unquote rapture comes Mm -hmm. it happens in reverse the believers 
stay, and the unbelievers are ushered away. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, they feel that all the rest of the church has all of the stuff backwards and wrong because they've been doing this carnal reading. Another really important thing are the feasts, mm-hmm. that these Jewish feasts should still be celebrated, not these pagan traditions like Easter and Christmas, right. but we should really be celebrating the Lord's Feast again. And I noticed multiple times Apostle Mike Petro would start to say that, oh, it's Yom Kippur. Oh, oops, it's Rosh Hashanah. And again, it just bespoke this kind of surface level understanding of Judaism. Oh, right, like, right, right. I know just enough to kind of get Co-opted. by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, this really reminds me of a group I spent some time with last summer, and I can't talk about it too much because it's for a future project, but they are also a Christian group that believes they're sort of restoring the old Jewish traditions, and the feast days are their big days. But they actually have food. Because it's a feast. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we've talked about Christ opting, but we see also within Christian churches the Jew opting. Mm -hmm. The mitzvah opting. Moses. Moses opting. Berg. Israel opting. Dreidel. Israel steel. Mm -hmm. Okay, is steel. Is steel. Is steel. <laughs> is stealing. Uh, hmm, this is a harder one we're, to turn We're not into finding the gun. right portmanteau here. Yeah. Mount Sinai. <laughs> 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 it's not even helpful. How about menorah appropriate? Menorah appropriation. It's a real problem <laughs> in fringe Christian belief systems i like it it's true menorah appropriation that's what we're going with that really took some brain power (laughs) we were chugging on that one (laughs) or torah appropriation Uh i'm glad we figured that out (laughs) he was moving around he got into the audience for a while and he'd walk close to us and use his loud booming voice there was a really cute older couple sitting behind us and the woman was so into it and her presumably husband was so uninterested oh interesting he'd been dragged along oh gotta sit through this bullshit again and if the world is going through this major cataclysmic shift within the next day You'd think you'd be excited about it. Right. At least excited to be here. But one thing that he kept doing in his sermon is he would mention other sermons that he had given where people had been around for seven hours, (gasps) eight hours, and we're thinking, oh no. Are you kidding me? Is that what you're planning on doing now? Did did you start at nine o'clock and you're seriously going to go till like three in the morning? Yeah. Five in the morning? Then he started bragging about how at one service he left to go to a diner to get food. Right. With this other bastard who's sitting up there, he's from South America, a large gentleman. Mm-hmm. And so they left together to go eat at a Denny's or something. Uh-huh. And then they came back and the service was still going on. I think he bragged that he got a text saying people were still worshiping. Oh, like, I don't right. think he even went No, you're back. right. You're right. Like, oh, these poor people. And you just went off to Denny's. They had left to go gourmandize. And they're getting texts saying like, oh, they're all still worshiping. Oh, great. Keep it up. Oh, Bring us some boy. more hash browns. After enough time of this, mm-hmm. we're just looking at our clocks and we're like, this could be endless. 
So I got to bet you the large gentleman, the minister from South America, he did get up at one point and he did this crazy like spirit oh, dance yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, like, almost I, like skanking, like old school ska dancing. Yeah, I don't want to leave that out. Yeah, it was just this like frenetic dancing and, where his, his arms and were And everyone kind of like fast. stopped and cheered and it kind of felt like it was supposed to be like he was taken dancing over by the, the spirit. spirit or something. Yeah, yeah, fast dance where his feet were just barely touching the floor and he was almost kind of skating across the, the dais there. And I, I wish wish I had gotten like a, a video of this because they were fine with us taking pictures. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I was taking lots they of pictures. They were taking video at the same time for yeah. the live stream, right. which were... Drew was watching alongside. Oh yeah, he saw us in the audience once, I yeah, think. I think so. They were really big cameras. They clearly had like a professional setup and it was playing on some local station or at least online. Uh, so yeah, I was bummed I missed that moment. I, actually, I messed up a couple times that night where I thought I was videotaping us jumping up in the front uh-huh. and I had actually turned off the video. Oh yeah, And then I classic. get the video of me putting it in my pocket. Stupid. Oh, no. Stupid Ross. The best one of those I've ever seen is Deanna Reasonover, who's a writer on Adam Ruins Everything, saw her in a, in a live show and she was like, I'm going to show the video of me proposing to my fiance. And oh, then the no. video is just her going, oh, fuck, it wasn't on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine? Oh, no. You're thinking you're getting this important moment. Oh, yeah, I did this great like pan of the whole audience and us jumping around and raising our hands. Oh, well. Oh, well. So finally, was Michael still up there when we finally just decided to bail? No, like we've told little sections here, but it was broken up. So he would give one part of his sermon and then someone else would come up and then they'd all the ministers would pray for each other and then he'd speak again. Right. And so it was in the midst of all this. And I think someone else was talking at the time where we looked at each other and went, yeah, what are we going to do? And, and there's no end in sight. It's not like, okay, it's going till three. Let's decide whether we want to stay till three. It might be going to three tomorrow. There's been no mention of the structure of this right only hints that sometimes it goes for seven or eight hours yeah yeah both of us are like trying to weigh each other's resolve here like oh man but we've got to start tomorrow morning with our next investigation what do we do and we had to wake up early which i don't like to begin with yeah and there was another hour and a half of driving ahead of us so finally we just had to give up and like sorry carl we gotta go who was very nice about it yeah so we said quick goodbyes to all our companions on either side of us and then wandered on out But, Ross, the very next day, Judgment Day happened. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, Let's see. Well, the sun came up. Mm -hmm. Tides go in, tides go out. We did our daily thing. Hmm. I don't remember anything like- Did you feel just sort of more judged? (sighs) No, not really. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know I just what? felt like it was just like a generally judgy day. Uh, and you texted Carl. I said, yeah, so how was today? And he said, today was quiet. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Today was quiet. But, you know, since he has continued to invite us to other services, we're not sure if we're going to go or not. But, I'd be uh, interested to see how they deal with this aftermath. Though, do they have anything closer than Victorville? They have a church in Koreatown. I think they rent the space. I don't know how consistently they're there. Okay. Now, this gentleman lives near you. Yes, he does. But he drives out on the regular to, to Victorville. Victorville. Yeah, he said that he stays there most of the time and just comes back once or twice a week. I want to share just a piece of his email here just to give people an idea of how this works. But this is pages long, essentially. Uh-huh. It also helps to understand the Hebraic mindset and learn the symbolisms and what they attribute to scriptures. For example, mountain in the Hebraic thinking is mindset, 
So when Moses was, was up in Mount Sinai and saw the burning bush, which was God, this was symbolic of God resting in Moses' mind and giving him his commandments. Another symbolism is that seed means the word of God. The current church has bastardized this to mean money. And that is what the current church is focused on, which is grievous to God. God is trying to impregnate us with his seed, his word, or secrets and mysteries, because when that happens, it actually changes our carnal and beastly thinking and changes us to make us more like God. Whew. That's a lot. Yeah. And oh, that's just a tiny section. Tiny fraction. But that's okay. They were very, very helpful emails. Yeah. When you would ask for slight clarifications, you'd get another <laughs> few paragraphs. Yeah. But man, I can't imagine if you're studying this constantly. Yeah. You must just feel brimming with this information and hope someone asks you. Right. right. And you're just ready to shoot off with plenty of revealed knowledge. And I felt like at least in the three plus hours we were there that we didn't get much content. Yeah, next to nothing. I, I remember like the first two hours and 20 minutes, I realized like I have learned nothing new. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But I will say they didn't ask us for money other than passing around the donation plate. Oh, and that's that right. didn't have a hard sell on it either. They had white buckets and yeah, they did take a little break after... Mike had gotten started and they pass it around the young guys next to me. They dropped in coins. I put in a five spot. Carl put in something. Yeah, yeah it, it not, didn't look not like a hard push. Yeah, and people weren't giving copious amounts of money, clearly. Now, who knows if this was on top of their tithing, but I didn't feel pressured at all to put money in it. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. But who knows what happened in the next five hours that everyone stayed? My goodness. Because we left. Yeah, we drove out farther into the desert and you'll hear more about that hopefully soon i know what you're thinking do these people just live in the desert now no we don't it's just a coincidence <laughs> but we like the desert and sure. we love victorville 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 i want to hear all of your ratings ross but first you know what podcast network should be in the desert but is instead in the city mm. and it should be in the desert because it's so good and that's where all good things come from. Is this a fun podcast network? Mm -hmm. I mean, how fun would you say it is? It's the most fun you could have. It's the maximum fun. Ah, uh, that's what I was thinking. Maximum fun. Yeah. They make shows like this one. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Oh, good oh, man, stuff. Every time. Uh, well, I hope that you're enjoying this podcast you're listening to as much as we are pretending to. But anyway, why not listen to another podcast too? It's called The Flop House. And on our podcast, uh, we have recently watched a movie, often a bad movie, and we review it on our podcast, but mainly talk about other stuff and, I don't know, hang out. It's all about hanging out, feeling you're, like you're being with your best friends. Who are your best friends? Us three. Dan McCoy, <laughs> Emmy Award-winning writer for The Daily Show, Stuart Wellington, owner of the best bar in Brooklyn, Hinterlands, and Elliot Kalin former Emmy-winning head writer for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, former head writer of Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, uh, so many things. Author of the upcoming children's book, All right, Dog. that's enough. The Elliot's credits just go on and on. Yeah, but if you like the idea of listening to three funny guys talk about bad movies, then why not come over and listen to The Flop House? It's uh, available at MaximumFun.org or wherever fine podcasts are found. So get out of here. Ross. Hi, Carrie. Hey. 
What would you give Forerunner Ministries on a pseudoscience scale, where one's something not at all pseudoscientific, it's scientific. Mm -hmm. What's that one where you used to be on all fours, and now you're upright, and you used to have hair, oh, but yeah, now yeah, yeah. you don't. Right, right. Lamarckism. Yeah, okay, that's a one. <laughs> and then 10 is something very pseudoscientific. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the opposite, right? Like, your hair is coated with goat sperm. Like, oh. just every follicle has like a protective layer of goat sperm just naturally well a ew yeah and b no it doesn't exactly you're starting to uh, get that's it that's a 10 oh, okay oh and then the, the one was something that is i see is scientific yeah, 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 yeah. not like lamarckism maybe more like evolution by natural selection <laughs> okay i got you. i got your drift now uh you know i didn't recall them saying anything that was particularly outlandish in ter well they said many things that were outlandish but not in terms of oh science has shown that blah 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 mm, or mm -hmm. you know studies show that i i feel like they didn't even know how to use that language it was purely just in the religious level that uh -huh, they were okay. reaching out to us but, but you've also got like astrology you've got astrology and you've got astrology numerology and in you, there you've got these crappy little healing yeah. services happening and that that's going to get a pseudoscience rating from me right up so you know what you just got a six for that yeah okay that seems about right I'll give it a 6.3. The, the whole like astrology angle, I think, really stands out about this group. And astrology is a very old uh, science that turned out to be uh, not so good. And also the Bible stuff, which, oh, yeah. you know, is numerology stuff. Yeah, isn't directly tied to science, but it's trying to use the language of rationality and logic mm -hmm. and just not doing it very well. One might say that math is, in fact, the language of the natural world, Ross. One could say that. One could say that in this voice. <laughs> <laughs> what would you give this then, Carrie, on a pocket drainer value where one is something not at all pocket draining? Oh, okay. Like you put your library card into an app called uh, Libby and you get to check out a book and you don't pay anything extra and it returns itself. All right. And 10 is something very expensive, very pocket draining. Like you go to buy an L. Ron Hubbard book. They want Already to, pocket draining. They want to charge you $120 for it on the website. What? That's ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. That would be a 10. From what I could tell, I've got to give this a low rating just from my little experience. I would not be at all surprised if I just saw a tiny sliver of that. Right. Once you're in it more, right. then they get the hooks in you. But based on mine, one? Yeah, the same here. There was no big cash grab. They did talk a lot about money when they were praying. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we haven't seen that expressed yet in any form of coercion. So yeah, I'll say one as well. What would you give it? on a danger rating where one is something not at all dangerous like using an ice tray to get a lovely delicious cube of ice into your drink ah that's nice and then 10 is something very dangerous, like going ice skating on a lake that isn't completely frozen over. So there's sensitive spots on the ice mm. and you're carrying a bunch of anvils. Oh, no. That was your second mistake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to say it registers 4.5 because I think this mindset of the world 
coming to a close soon and Jesus coming to rescue us, I think it's dangerous for the world and for yourself because you're not planning for the future. You're thinking everything's going to be fixed soon or going to go away or immolate or whatever. So I, I feel like that kind of worldview causes you to disregard so many other important things you should be focusing on. So it's dangerous in that sense. I don't worry for the safety of Carl or anybody else. I don't think they're going to actually try to harm anybody or do anything physically harmful. I think you might have forgotten the faith healing. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, definitely earn that 4.5 at least. Yeah, because I saw, I believe on the Forerunner Ministries homepage, saw that they claimed that Michael Petro had cured HIV in someone. God. That's as shitty as it gets. So yeah. for that reason, I'm out. For that reason, I'm going to give them like a nine. Fair. That okay. was a Shark Tank reference, by the way. Nice. Excellent. <laughs> uh, what would you give this then on a creepiness scale? Where one is something eh, not very creepy. You go to a normal church service just down the street from you. You meet some friendly people, hmm. sing a few songs, go home. Oh, all right. Whereas a 10, you drive out far, far away from your home. Okay. You find a church service, you walk in, you meet some new people, but you notice that as you're entering, they lock the doors behind you. Okay, yeah, bad. And they step out as they're closing the doors. Oh, like, you know, ushers in suits. And then you look at, there's another door. Oh, I could get there. But nope, the doors close just as you're thinking to move towards it. And they also click. click. Okay. And then you start to see dark shapes moving along the ground. Oh. They're just like wisps of smoke moving up from the back of the church. But this they're making very bad. They're making their way to the front. And <gasps> so you see these kind of shapes. And occasionally like a, a hand reaches out and you see a claw pulling it and reaching up the carpet and moving towards the front. And they run between your feet. All of these black shapes, hundreds of them from all angles, converge upon the minister at the front and they fill up inside of his body and he takes on this dark glow. It's like robbing light from the atmosphere and he raises up into the air and looks at you and with red eyes says, Carrie, come forth. That's a 10. (laughs) You're right. That's a 10. Um, (laughs) Gosh, is this as creepy as that i'm gonna say no so it's not a 10 i don't know into the world stuff always has a little bit of creep you yeah. know like when i left for it drew was like well you just promised me you don't eat or drink anything no, yeah. uh, <laughs> that was very sweet yeah you know i think he knew it was safe i knew it was safe. make ross do it first watch ross for at least 15 minutes and then if ross is okay maybe you can you know it's one of those things where I really we both knew it was safe but the fact that your mind even went there is like a little creepy, you know, (laughs) that that was even possible. I don't know, a two. Yeah, I would say it definitely registers just with the symbolism of the language they're talking about and the virgin and the man child <laughs> and impregnating the virgin. What is this? 2017. What are you talking about? Yeah. Give me a break. A little boy coming back from the dead. Right. That being the whole start of this ministry. Definitely creepy. I'm going to say, I'll say five. Okay. Say registers right. pretty solidly on the creep factor. Fair. That's fair. Uh, did you have a favorite moment? Well, somewhere between Victorville and us getting to run up there and just join in on the jumping and dancing. That was really fun for a while. If it had just lasted 15 minutes, it would have been perfect. (laughs) 
I guess my favorite moment was the guy who was like, well, I don't know. I never stood over here before. Oh, yeah. kind of showed them up a little bit. Yeah, he was awesome. If that man is listening to this podcast, that very young man, mm-hmm. we want to have you on. Oh, Please yeah. Please contact us. You're probably not listening. But you would be welcome. Hot drinks? Thumbs down, I guess. Yeah, I don't recall any kind of hot drinks on offer, and it was kind of hard to get out of your seat even just to get to the bathroom, so thumbs down. They did, though, have hats and sweatshirts for sale that said hashtag fearless, I think. Oh. Not the same. Well, cool. Yeah, that was a good time. I guess we'll see whether the world ends now on October 21st. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a little extended. Yeah. That was kind of a deadline there, right? Yeah. At least for David Mead, that was the deadline. The new deadline for Michael Petro would be the end of 2017 since he said it has to happen by 2018. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So we've got a few months here to keep an eye on the state of the world yeah. and maybe we'll get to go back. Maybe. Let's see. We'll see. Well, that's it for our show. I almost just said my name. <laughs> Gary Popper. <laughs> And Ryan Seacrest out. (laughs) Our theme music is written and performed by Brian Keith Dalton. Our podcast is produced and co-edited by Ian Kramer. You can interact with us and see our photos at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. You can subscribe to us and write a review for us at iTunes. And you can also support this and all our investigations by going to maximumfund.org forward slash donate. All of you donators out there are the reason that we can do this. Yeah, Yeah. thank you so much. Boy, we've really, like, if you look back over the last six years, our investigations have really grown thanks to these people. If you see us, tell us, and we owe you a high five. Yeah, that's right. Or a warm hug if you're into those. Find us. Find us in person. Make us high five. I mean, don't go out of your way. But if you see us, let us know. find Ross. You find him. Oh, this just got creepy. (laughs) Is it as creepy, though, as like that rising... Uh, no. that, that floating, nope. floating pastor. Nope. Okay. All right. See? <laughs> and remember. Tell me where I go. People are talking about Revelation chapter 12. Guess what else tonight is? Tonight is the night that the constellations come together. That are in the configuration of Revelation chapter 12. deal with Brexit. Have you seen Happy Valley yet? How do British people pronounce Edinburgh, Leicester, or Norwich? Not like that. Are you tired of getting your world news from reliable sources, often with no puns or sexual innuendo? Why was there a butcher's hat haunting Coronation Street? What's Coronation Street, and why is Dave Holmes obsessed with it? International Waters pairs a team of comedians in LA against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture battle royale. Join us once a fortnight to hear the best comedians in the world trade jokes and stories and maybe even learn something at the same time. International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.